Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Thrivingly podcast. Today we have Melina Jewell, who is a co-founder behind Strategic Momentum Partners, a consulting firm that radically redefining the intersection of corporate culture and profitability. With a home base in Orlando, Florida, Melina is a visionary who believes in the transformative power of human connection. Her unique blend of business acumen and spiritual depth creates a holistic approach to consultancy aimed at equipping businesses and individuals to lead change and thrive. Whether you're a CEO, independent contractor, or at the helm of a large organization, Molina's insights are universally applicable and profoundly impactful. Thanks for being here today, Molina. Thank you for having me. First off, I just want to ask, do you have a spirit animal? And if so, what is it? Oh, my spirit animal. You know, um, I think birds are probably my most relatable uh, spirit animal. And it seems like hawks seem to show up for me a lot. I love that. Thanks for sharing. So I would love to know a little bit more about your journey. What led you to becoming the visionary leader that you are today? Uh, life really, you know, started, um, happening all around me. And that really indicated, I think, uh, my path from a pretty young age. Um, and then early, um, I was married to someone who had PTSD. And so seeing really a lot of the challenges that we faced, um, because we owned three businesses at that time, uh, really started developing for me, a lot of curiosity around, you know, the connection between yourself um, and how that drives really everything outward in your life. So, Awesome. So in that time, uh, how did you come across yoga as a um, modality of expression? Yeah. Um, so again, there were several people that I loved in my life that had PTSD. Um, my grandfather was one as well. And so for me, seeing that connection between what's being held in your body um, and really how that surfaces in your mind and then that trickles out everywhere. Um, I got into somatic practices, being able to release those things because of really seeing how that that connection was really primary. So for me, yoga became um, a playground for me to explore and be able to let go and experience really more of myself in its true authenticity. With a lot of popularity arising around holistic health and wellness, uh, I feel many people are at a crossroads in their current careers between, is this corporate job the place for me, or should I move to Costa Rica and work as a barista on the beach? With that said, are you familiar with Ram Dass's idea that it's not always about changing your job, rather about how you show up within your job? What's your perspective on this? Yes, um, I would agree with that. You know, where it's our mindset oftentimes, right, makes us feel whether we're happy or we're not. Um, So for me, I think I experienced that early on. Um, I was a young mom and I moved to Florida, but not just anywhere in Florida. We moved to the villages. (laughs) And I just remember thinking, wow, this isn't where I belong, right? But really, it took a mindset shift for me, really, to be able to uh, embrace and accept where I was. And that was the, the really 
where I learned yoga um, and started really my deepest parts of my practice and was really, uh, it shifted me as well in, in accepting like where you are. Um, but it took a lot of practice in that. Um, once I kind of moved through that, it it made a lot more sense in how I would teach teach that as well. So, you know, I think it's being able to be a bridge. Oftentimes, you don't have to forego everything uh, in order to to live in the world. You don't have to leave everything in order to be able to live. And I think that helps you to be able to even show that example to other people to give them permission um, oftentimes to say hmm, okay I can live in the world in these ways and still have everything I want so that's been my experience beautifully said yeah I just I I feel that sometimes you know it might be easier to be the monk on the mountaintop or you know, just escape the world, but really coming back into it and, and acting as that bridge is how we can truly live and breathe um, or walk our yoga, as I like to say. And, and yes. you do that in such a beautiful way with what you're doing with uh, Strategic Momentum um, Partners. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, think I have two great teachers, my daughters, um, they're 15 and 13. So, you know, I it's funny because I would go on a yoga retreat, right? And you'd go away and you would have all this space um, and then come back home and it would almost be immediate. Like you would come back in and it would be like a, a whole level of life coming at you full speed. You get this whole week away, right, of silence to be able to bridge and be with yourself. But really it's when you come back in to the real world and you have to actually apply it really that's really when the practice begins so absolutely and um what would you say about ways to you know we we get these spaces sometimes when we're on these retreats and you know it seems to be fairly easy to tap into these realms and more mind body spirit connection when we're in those spaces but how do you make time for small spaces, small pauses throughout your week uh, to connect to that so you make sure you're uh, centered and you're at your best. Yes, um, it, it is really having practices that you, you know, strategically place into your day. So I'm really big on, you know, building strategy, a lot of with my CEOs um, and visionaries, right? So there's a lot of busyness that's happening. They've got a lot of thought. They've got a lot of movement. Usually they're they're building a lot of things. So it's just like with anything, you put a time block in there, right? You have to buffer in that because <clears throat> every next level that you take yourself, even in your business, takes a new level of your nervous system. So I think for me, that's where um, what I see is it, people are really good at self-discipline when it comes to they want this certain level of business. But we have to remember that even with taking care of ourselves and our nervous system and our rituals or our practices, the things that we do daily, right? Our habits are really um, help us to build up that within ourselves. So when we have that why behind it, you know, it's, it's, you have to, you have to create time. You have to put the discipline in and the practice. Um, but it, it really is on the flip side. It gives you a lot of freedom because once you start having a practice with it, you'll find yourself 
in a really stressful situation. And maybe you've practiced breathing techniques. And so you find that you fall on that and it just becomes a natural part of of who you are in your decision making. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it definitely, they are practices and in, in strategically placing these um, these practices into our lives to, yeah, increase, be able to increase our, our bandwidth and our, our, I, I like to think, you know, that it's just increasing our resource base that we can pull from. We can draw from that regulation in our nervous system when we encounter that challenging day at work where everything just seems to be going crazy and blowing up. We can breathe through that and then we can be an embodiment of like the quote, calm in the storm. And I think that's so important when looking to advance your careers or, you know, grow your business and even just, you know, navigate life in, in a more free way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More harmonious. Yeah. More harmonious. Mm -hmm. What is your definition of a symbiotic environment and how can we work to create more symbiosis within our external environments? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of alignment, right? Um, really the alignment between your really every person in your life, your business, right? Um, having partnerships, you know, and collaboration um, from, I think, is like the interconnectedness of success, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I... We elevate one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, when I saw that uh, you mentioned symbiosis kind of in your bio about what you're doing with Strategic Momentum Partners, I was like, yes, because that's so much of what I'm about here at Live Thrivingly and really looking to nature to resemble that um that symbio symbiotic process and how we can invite that interweave that into our our lives with our our friends our family our siblings our our businesses you know all the extracurricular things we do um to really create this thriving harmonious lifestyle and in the the whole idea that it's not impossible i mean we see environments out there in the world that are still symbiotic and they're thriving but we also see environments that are destroyed and so i think it comes to each of us as an individual about you know how we're building our environment you know how we're cultivating our inner garden because we can have a thriving one but we can also have one that's dest destructive and and you know not fruiting any anything for us so yes yes and really i mean that's where everybody wins Right. Um, and I do think there's a natural, I mean, we live in a natural state and natural world, right, all around us. Um, so for me, I pull a lot from the natural world of flow, you know, into how we even bridge business infrastructure and strategy. Because when you're working within the momentum of flow, right, things are way more accessible and you know you're on the right path right? Versus when you hit a lot of resistance, right? So for me, um, I find that working within the natural flow of things has been really primary to how I've operated in my business. And at first it did feel like everybody out there in the realm is kind of resistant to that. You have to go in the flow of business, but I, I've studied a lot of Ayurveda too. Um, and that informed a lot of how I lived 
seasonally. And so I started really looking at how to work within the natural seasons of life. Um, but even with my business planning, right? And then I started noticing even how it flowed more naturally. So for me, that symbiosis, like, you know, is very important. Um, so, and I even find that now at AI, like, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because it's, you know, it's taking technology, um, but also bridging, again, that natural flow. So I'm finding some fun interplay there as well finding that interconnectedness yeah i love that and within the constituents of flow it it can be quite challenging i think at first to surrender to the flow and and because in order to get there we kind of gotta let go of a lot and free up the trust in you know synchronicity and the fact that we're in abundance and things are going to attract to us but it's very contradictory to a very black and white kind of formulated business model or just mindset that we've kind of been programmed in as children in schooling and in business school and stuff. And it's like, you know, there's still some great things to take away from academia and kind of the nuts and bolts of business, but being able to bridge in that fluidity of flow and, and living from that way can really not only up-level our individual careers, but help our businesses grow naturally as well. Yes, I agree. I wanted to revisit something prior to this past question. Um, when you said, you know, kind of about self-discipline and, and how it takes more self-discipline as you kind of move up. Um, but I also see it, it seems like mainly maybe in older generations, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of embodiment of discipline and great and really hard work ethics and all of this, but seeming like sometimes there's like a, a, a self-sacrifice and that they can't seem to make time for themselves and they feel like um, they're not worthy of having that time for themselves kind of. Mm -hmm. What's your perspective? Yeah. Uh, no, I do. I see that for sure. Uh, the different generations. Um, and again, it, you know, my question is, you know, you can use your self-discipline, right, in a really positive way, or you can use it to your detriment. And, and it's really making a choice because if you recognize, um, you know, that you, you can give yourself permission to take better care of yourself, but that's also a self-discipline measure. You have to create the time, right? You have to choose. Um, a lot more proactivity versus reactivity, where I think that we've lived maybe in some of these generations where reactivity, right, was the way they felt like you lead, right, by being reactive. And now it's not like that. It's more like we're showing up, leaders are showing up in more like proactive ways, right? Like we're learning more about emotional intelligence, right? We're learning more about different dynamics we have to make pivots right we have to have more inclusivity within our organizations so that's really i think challenging people to have to grow um in which they're having to choose to make time now for that and so it's it's an interesting time really that we're living in and on that same kind of line uh i recently had a conversation with an older gentleman that um his business is doing the best it's ever done before they're making more money than ever before 
but they're kind of taking on more progressive kind of business practices. Like, like we're really into, you know, breathing into the workplace. Like, you know, they're getting off two hours earlier. They're working till three and not five. And he told me, he was like, Jackson, I, I'm not stressed, but he's like, I'm anxious because I don't know what to do with my time. He was mm -hmm. like, I, I, am I allowed to have this time? You know, I need to be working. My, it goes against a lot of the philosophies of how he's been raised um, from a mindset of work and work ethic. So, you know, I think as we, you know, move forward, what's some wisdom you can share for individuals of all ages as we navigate this period of change, kind of seeking to redefine the workplace, promoting more human-centered connection, and challenging the long-standing paradigms of the work in our careers? Wow. Well, I think that if you're a trailblazer these days, um, you know, we have to set the example and really, really set that trend. So we see that it's working, right? Work, we, I mean, even with the, you know, AI and the efficiency of being able to create better workflows, really, you know, it's not about how much more work can we pile on somebody because now we can create this efficiency. It's more like this, this gives people back their time, right? So when, and that's just something very simple, right? There's a lot of resistance to it potentially, but you can also, you know, you can either adapt to change, which is again, a little bit more <clears throat> reactive, right? Or lead change, which is going to be a little bit more intentional. So I think that um, really for all business owners, clarity is something that everybody wants. You want that clarity for alignment with whether it's your collaboration with your team, whether it's knowing what you're going to do next year, right? And things are moving fast. So um, I think that for business owners and for really anybody, you know, making sure that you're really, um, it's okay to take a risk, right? That's, that's part of leading change these days. Um, but the reward is so much higher, right? Like you're on, once you get to the other side of that, you move through it, that reward is so satisfying. And then you also now have the inspiration, I believe, to inspire more of that. And that's what, for me, I look for that. I look for what's going to inspire me to want to grow, right? To want to be here, to want to keep doing this. So um, just keep moving through things, right? Even when it's scary, um, you know, that's really just making that choice proactively. So I don't know thank if that answered No, uh, Thank you. A lot of great points there. Thanks for pointing those out. In considering the evolving landscape of the workplace and our shared journey towards more holistic kind of thriving future, uh, what skills and qualities do you believe are crucial for leaders to cultivate, not only within themselves, but also amongst their peers? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the soft skills, emotional intelligence. I mean, I think that oftentimes when you're a leader, um, that comes a bit with some dominance, right? Because you've, you're a driver, you tend to be, um, which may mean you move fast. It may mean that you answer emails quicker, right? Um, so really stepping back and recognizing, I think, um, who you are, right. And your self-awareness so that you can be more emotionally attuned to your teams. Um, and, and I have to like announce that a lot cause I work with contractors. So like, I know it sounds fluffy, 
I know that this may sound fluffy, um, but really, you know, we have to treat our our employees and our people on our teams as valuable, you know, contributions to our organization because they are. Um, that's really that, you know, the human-centric asset, right? And we have to look at them not just as a cog in the machine, really, but, like, we have to be connected with people. I think that's, you know, something that really... Um, understanding like employee satisfaction really plays into everything, you know, whether it's the loyalty in your company, um, the profitability of your company, the customer satisfaction, right? When you have really happy people that work for you, that's a good feeling when you come to work, even for you as a CEO, right? You want to come into your workplace and it feel good so you can attract more of that, right? So um, even having happy employees, I feel like attracts happier clients and customers. So um, for me, that's that's a big thing, you know, just just recognizing that. Yeah, and it and it may take some time to build that that skill of being able to to kind of take a step back and and take that self observatory standpoint. So then we can we can develop these skills further, and then. You know, but when we start to see the ripples within our own life and within those around us, then again, it goes back to what you're saying. It inspires us to to want to continue to follow that route and to do more of that in our business and things just begin to fall into alignment. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it's just you have to, again, surrender and just get out of the way and, uh, and do the work, right? So like that, you know, building your time buffers and starting to build your practices of you know, choosing how you're going to show up. Um, I think there's a lot, you know, of personal and professional growth that it's happening within all industries now, which is very good to see. I love, I love seeing that. Um, and even with your employee reviews, I mean, that's a big thing. You can understand a lot when I work with, you know, on site with groups and we do self perception work, right? <clears throat> it's the whole team, it's everybody. And it's, um, you know, oftentimes being able to see what you're, what you're not able to see that other people see really can shift you and help you to grow exponentially. So, um, you know, a lot of times it's just making sure that even though um, it doesn't seem like logical use of your time, right, to do some team building exercises or to ask how people are and emotionally connect, but it really does make a difference, right? So I hope to see more of that in the workplace. That's a my big why. That's awesome. So what does a typical day look like for you, Melina? Well, you know, this week's been wonderful. I've been working from the mountains um, in North Carolina. So that's uh, part of what I feel like is my inspiration, right? Um, is being able to have my core value of freedom. <laughs> um, and so I, um, I get up in the mornings and take my kids to school. Um, I still pick them up every day, right? So I get to do car line. But in the middle, I have meetings with clients. We do a lot of face-to-face -face on Zoom um, and strategizing behind the scenes with my business partner, Josh. So um, often if you hear my feet hitting the pavement, I'm outside walking a lot of times on the calls because um, it's so beautiful right now in Florida. So, you know, a lot of it is just being able to flow with my life. I enjoy, uh, I love my clients so much and the work that I do 
that it's really just enjoyable. So a typical day is is probably a good blend of family and a business strategy. And then, of course, uh, a mix of some chat GPT, probably. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, you hit on some good things there, especially around like working hybrid, like, you know, working virtually and uh, in a world where that's becoming so much more um, popular and many people are doing it. I also know there's there's a lot of challenges to it and you kind of have to, um, you know, be your own boss. Obviously you are, but some people that work virtually, I mean, you have to develop, you know, habits and stuff around being able to optimize your work virtually because I feel like you could easily be pulled into the day-to-day life or what's going on at the house and things like that yeah. uh, potentially. So any any good advice for the virtual workers out there? Yes. Uh, don't look at self-discipline in, in such a negative way, right? Because really it's what gives you your freedom. So when you build time buffers and you have these blocks, um, you know, I encourage that not just because it's easy to get into the flow of work, but then it also is a reminder to get up and move, stretch and, you know, have, have uh, you know, human connection. Um, but really that's, you know, the self-discipline part, building your, building your habits really make you have the ability to have freedom. So that, that's my, and I do the same thing. I have to build my time blocks and my buffers, but you know, when I do that, it may be 11 o'clock in the day. And on a Tuesday, I was able to be in the woods and go for a hike. Right. So for me, that's really important. Uh, to have the freedom to live within my day-to-day. I've struggled with um, deadlines with things, being a creative and also having just like 200 projects going on at once and a constant kind of fixer mentality and like a wanting uh, of a seeing a vision and being like, we can get here, but then knowing like, wow, there's so many steps to take to get there. And then some days really feeling like, inundated and like I don't know if we can ever get there you know there's a lot of solopreneurs out there and stuff that that listen to this podcast and you know just any advice to to us in terms of just putting in putting in the work and and continuing to step towards that vision every day and not letting ourselves get taken over by those kind of self-sabotage thoughts yeah absolutely um I talk about going neutral uh quite a bit with and, and teaching that, right? Something that I had to learn. Um, so when you have all of these thoughts, right, that hit you, which happens to the best of us with the entrepreneurship, um, being able to shift out of that and change the subject of what's happening in your mind, whether that's, you know, music, going for a walk, um, taking a nap, <laughs> right? Like whatever it takes in order to really go neutral, and I do have some different things that I'll um, do, even some different breathing techniques or um, different words that you can say to just pull your mind away from having constant thought. But then again, too, it becomes the self-discipline as well of allowing your mind to have constant thought. So if you are a visionary, often, right, it's you have so many new ideas that you have to, again, choose really what aligns with your, probably your deepest core value. And if that aligns, then you can follow that. 
Um, and sometimes you can't follow all the ideas at once. So you have to really get good at choosing, right? Okay, I'm going to choose this because this aligns with where I am right now with my capacity. Um, and then, you know, you can always work towards other things later. So I think a lot of times that's what I see with the solopreneurs is um, their lack of focus happens because they're trying to, they're trying hands in too many pots, um, which we think we can do because we can, right? It's just that if we do them a little bit um, more streamlined, right? So, yeah. hey, having those time buffers built in, mm -hmm. you have projects, but know your capacity, right? And make sure that it aligns with your core. Um, for me, my core value, my biggest is freedom. So I'm always asking myself, is this going to allow me to have more freedom in my day, more freedom in my life, more freedom in my mind, right? More freedom financially, um, more freedom with my family. So, you know, make sure you know what your, your core is so that when you're, when you're, you're moving through your day, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Thanks for that advice. Something else that comes to mind is just kind of the, maybe this has always been this way, but I think it's exaggerated with social media and things these days, but it's just this whole idea that, you know, kind of feeling behind, even though I feel like. I'm ahead, but I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, stay on the path, right? Just keep staying on the path. Um, but really, it it is about belief, right? So finding out, you know, like you really have to find that belief in yourself, right? And it, and if you're looking for validation outwardly, um, it's you're going to run into if if that's your a solopreneur or an entrepreneur and you're always going to seek outward validation, you're going to run into those roadblocks a lot. So being able to get over that, mm -hmm. right, um, is going to be the best thing for you, right, overcoming that. So a lot of times, you know, I've, you know, I meditate. So for me, um, what the bell would go off. And for me, I was always, what do other people think of me, right? And so I had to see that and recognize that that was something that I needed to internally work on. Right. So that's something that I recommend too for people like, you know, find out what's your rooted belief there. Like, where is that coming from? Right. That not enough feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was, who knows, something in your childhood to you know, some sort of insecurity that you feel. Um, but a lot of times it's just having that strong belief that you're, that you are, that you're okay and that you're on a path. And it's your path and it's your journey and it's going to look very different from anybody else's and that's okay. You know, it's just, I, I feel it, it's so challenging because, you know, you, you hop onto social media and luckily I, I try to distance myself and, and spend a healthy amount of time on it, but it can, it can be really intrusive to your thoughts. You know, you can be really aligned in doing your meditation and going to yoga and just really in your worthiness and then spend two days on social media or even an hour and just be completely over here now off your center like oh no you know i'm i'm not enough or i'm behind you know this person has four businesses and they're making more money than me or they're living the lifestyle i want to live etc so use it as clarity really you know that's um one of the things i, th I read years ago was like when you feel um like this almost like a jealousy, right? Like you're on social media and you see somebody living this great life and you're like, you know, oh, I want that to be my life. 
<clears throat> right. And then it can make you feel so negative, potentially, because you're not there. I don't have that yet. I want that. How am I going to get there? Oh, woe is me. But really, it's it's just not it's not the case, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of trailed off there. No, I understand what you're saying because I, I've heard the same things. And it's, yeah, it's like when those triggers come up and you're just like jealous of this person's lifestyle or this or that, it's kind of pointing back to what's within you that kind of wants to come out. But you have to begin to breathe more life into that and you have to make potential changes to to get your life because we're all capable of having a thriving lifestyle right it's just all the barriers that are against us all the expectations obligations and opinions of society the world our friends family you know that have kind of covered us in mud from really seeing that 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 golden light within and, and creating the lifestyle that we want to live but that being said it takes hard work and, and discipline and it's it's a challenging path to access that thriving lifestyle. But yeah. again, like you've said, it's it's worth the rewards in the end. And I think when more of us begin to to live in that ourselves, we invite other people around us to see what that looks like for them. For sure. It gives everybody permission, really, more so. And I think that that's what we can do even for generations that haven't have that access, right? No one gave them that permission, maybe. And so, you know, I think that's a good bridge for us to all be able to see, you know, we can thrive. You can you can work hard, but things can also come to you with ease. Kind of that integration of yin and yang and living in that, that middle path there. Yes, yes. Awesome. This just kind of popped up in my mind. I know we've been hitting on all sorts of awesome stuff, but what is your diet like? Uh, I eat pretty clean for the most part. Um, I've gone back and forth um, between pescatarian and I've done a lot of like vegetarian things for a while, but I I do meat um, now, you know, in between, but I stay a very whole food diet, and a lot of fruit vegetables. Um, you know, I still have definitely room for indulgences because I like to enjoy life too. So um, I do follow a lot of Ayurvedic wisdom. So eating seasonally, um, I'm pretty, um, I move a lot. And so that makes a big difference too. I think staying active, you know, practicing yoga definitely um, makes a big difference. And I run too. So, So I have to fuel the body staying hydrated and that's a huge huge factor i think a lot of people underestimate the power of water and Mm. and good clean food thanks for sharing that because i found it pretty intriguing over the past year the more i've been traveling and meeting people you know that live various lifestyles and live around the world but really kind of a you know in the in the past i feel like more like holistic health and spiritual people it's been really about you know like vegetarian and all and kind of like all that and there's so much power in that but i've met so many people recently that have are really shifting to kind of that pescatarian like primal paleo like integrating meat and the veggies so we can really be more in balance in yin and yang and i think there's periods of time where our bodies may really be telling us hey i need a cleanse do some more like maybe eat less like eat more fruits veggies kind of more vegetarian and then times of the year or just times in our lives where we're like really craving meat but ultimately i think it's about strengthening that intuition of kind of knowing yourself and 
what foods you're gravitating towards. But I really love that you pointed out too, and I think this is super powerful, is just, yeah, allow space for that indulgence. Like, you know, eat 80% clean and then allow 20% for the birth, the cake at the birthday party or all those things. But then, you know, we do need to catch ourselves sometimes too if we notice ourselves slipping in and we're having four pieces of cake and, you know, we're kind of losing that that self-control. But yeah, really allowing ourselves to experience that joy and that that was something that I took away from my yoga teacher training back last November and December was I was robbing myself of a lot of joy by being so strict on fasting in my diet. And it was a time where I was really struggling a lot with like depression and anxiety and, and, you know, now where I can allow myself that joy and and that delight sometimes and not rob myself of that. It creates a more healthy relationship with our inner selves, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we can be rigid at times. And um, if we want, you know, more flow and ease in our life, we, you know, have to welcome that. So um, I, I find that that helps me to soften a bit in my rigid strictness self-discipline at times having having those moments of of just yeah enjoying life right yeah i think everyone was shocked at my yoga teacher training when my main teacher uh sam bianchini she was like yeah like you can drink a glass of wine as the most sacred glass of wine you can eat a piece of pizza as if it's so divine and holy you know and people were like wow i've never thought about living life in that way you know eating that way or indulging in that way so yes yeah i mean and everything within moderation right i mean yeah you know a a large part of even our culture right we have access to everything like really you know the majority of us so um it makes the indulgences even so much more delightful when when they're kind of sparingly given too. So I find that that, that's a a joy for me too. So as you continue to work with strategic momentum partners, um, how do you develop and refine your unique blend of business acumen and spiritual depth? Um, It makes a big difference having, I think, um, you know, that active in my life day to day um, because I really walk that talk. So I, I believe it and that's, a lot of what we teach. Um, it's the things that we see happening day to day in other human beings' lives, right? So it's such a translatable skill and really something that everybody I find needs. Um, so that makes it a lot easier, right? Um, and then I have a business partner, you know, Josh Klein, he, we collaborate very well. So, you know, having, having a collaborator and someone to be able to really bounce different ideas off of and have different perspective, I think makes an advantage in our business model as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And in terms of um, kind of like driver versus innovator, isn't there something like you're familiar with like the DISC assessment or something? And that's like, so are you and Josh on different, are y'all different um, approaches? We do, yeah, which definitely helps balance things. Um, we both are very innovative, right? It makes sense. Um, but definitely, I probably am more D, so definitely the dominance comes into play. 
Um, and Josh is definitely very conscientious and he's really more a supporter too. So when I um, kind of go off into ideal land or a tangent with something, he helps to really balance the harmony side of things, uh, which I appreciate because I can drive too fast, too hard, right, at different times. And it helps to balance even me. So when we come with these perspectives out of the clients, it really makes a difference, I think, too. Even the, you know, the male-female dynamic, I think, you know, all of these things really make a unique combination of perspective. So yeah. Uh one last question that just came to mind on this is I've been, you know, hearing a lot about really how the a lot of women in the business world, you know, because of traditional, you know, approach to business and in the past, um, women have had to take on a very musk much more masculine role and kind of embody more masculine traits to quote unquote succeed in in a man's world right but where we're seeing more women rise in business and as leaders and stuff in the world which i love to see our our family businesses is run by two amazing females and but the whole the whole thing about being able to you know embody some of those traits but also as a female being able to come back into your feminine energy too i've heard is is a challenge and i've seen it in within quite a few females that i love around me about you know being able to be out there in the world and doing and changing and innovating and all these amazing things but then to step back in their feminine and allow themselves to kind of balance out mm -hmm. yeah um and i think too i mean like you know i'll go back to even probably diet um somewhat right because I relate it to fire, right, and, and being a driver. And so sometimes, right, we get too fiery, right, <clears throat> and we, because we feel like we have to be. Absolutely. So the dynamic there, um, making sure that, again, we're staying hydrated. <laughs> um, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes because it's, for me, that is uh, a calming food. Um, you know, taking care of yourself, but then also, you know, Again, self-awareness is a really big one for me. So periodically, um, I send a call out to my people <laughs> and say, hey, um, I'm doing a little self-perception work and I just want to know, you know, how do you view me? How do you see me? Um, is there anything I can work on? Because for me, I want to I see my gaps. I want to know my blind spots. Um, and then that way I can really, I can work with what I, what I see and what other people around me see. So if I know, um, I have two daughters again, they're probably the most honest people <laughs> that give me the most clarity of my day to day. Um, but you know, that's, I guess that's, that's my take. Such an amazing trait I see in such powerful leaders is your ability to open up to that vulnerability and allow people to, to kind of point out those gaps and and we can call them weaknesses, but, you know, because we all have them, but, you know, we can't be strong in every area, but it's really nice to receive that input from other people and, and to grow. And I, I hope that other people give that advice to me and, and I would love to give that to them as well. Because we, you know, we can't necessarily always see, you know, the picture when we're in the frame. Yeah. And, and people that you surround yourself with too, right? You know, like for me, I definitely, it was a huge shift having a partner who brought a lot of that harmony and balance with, you know, that was a dynamic that helped, I think, fuel 
myself, even from a more positive place. So, you know, who you align yourself with helps you to even come back into your feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, I remind myself of that too, you know, like I still go get my nails done and yeah. uh, get a massage, right? Like I do soft things for myself to bring myself back into that feminine. Um, you know, it's the balance. Yeah. It's to kind of nourish, nourish and, in, in, you know, like I think it's in, in, Hinduism about Tejas and Ojas, you know, and really bringing that Ojas in and, you know, doing those things that fill us both for men and women, you know, for, for men too, and, and honoring our feminine side, you know, and, and just nourishing ourselves and being able to fill up our cups and do those things that are more water type, you know, especially when we might be really, really fiery. And really that's because we, we see so much fire out in the world. We think that to be successful and to have the life we want, we just need to always be fire. But then I think it robs us of some enjoyment when we can have both, then we can really holistically experience life in the fullest embodiment of what, what it's meant to be. Yes. It allows things to be more sustainable too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the title of the podcast, the live thrivingly podcast resonates with many of our listeners in different ways. Given your unique journey of self-discovery, what does the phrase live thrivingly mean to you personally, Melina? I really, um, I really love that title, live thrivingly. Um, I think that we have so much potential that we can tap into and to see that there's someone else out there really encouraging people to live um, from a place of thriving versus just, you know, unintentionally accepting everything that's just coming at you. So I think that that sounds like for me, that's what that means. It's, you know, really being able to live intentionally in your joy. And I love that. Thanks for sharing your perspective. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If anyone would like to connect with you, Molina, where can they find you? Um, happy to give you my email address, Melina, M-A-L-I-N-A, at strategicmomentum.partners. Um, feel free to, you can call me. It's 352-638-7852. I love, uh, being able to connect with other people who are interested in, um, growing their potential. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Melina. It's been so enjoyable. Thank you so much as well. I've enjoyed being uh, on the podcast. Wow. What an incredible journey we've embarked on today, folks. I hope this conversation touched you as much as it did me, and you're walking away with some gems to enrich your own life. Now, if you're loving the Live Thrivingly podcast as much as I love creating it, I'd truly appreciate if you could take a few moments to leave me a review. Your feedback not only helps us improve and bring you more of what you love, but it also helps other seekers like you find this podcast. It's one of the best ways you can support the growth of this podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to join our thriving tribe on Instagram at Live Thrivingly. It's a beautiful community where we can connect with like-minded souls and stay updated on all things Live Thrivingly. I'd love to see you there. And remember, every moment is an opportunity to choose to live thrivingly. 
I'm your host, Jackson Hall, and until next time, stay curious, stay courageous, and keep thriving.